Calling Our Shot podcast. I'm Austin. I'm joined by Logan. This is our weekly podcast posted every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. This is episode number 34. And like last week, we had a special guest, the King Sanders. Today, we have another special guest. Joining us is Steve from Straight Fire Picks. He has his own YouTube channel. We're going to bring him in. He's going to kind of tell you a little bit about himself. What is going on, Steve? Welcome. <laughs> How you doing, man? Good to see you. Good you to know, see you. We are you. so excited for you to be out uh, here on this podcast. Um, we kind of just started up, you know, the whole new bringing someone new onto the weekly podcast. We knew you were one of our first three guests, at least. So, as a side note, everyone let us know who you want us to bring on future podcasts. But first off, how are you doing on this fine? We're recording this Tuesday night, but uh, we're going to post this on Wednesday, obviously. How are you doing, though? I'm doing good, man. Just living the dream. Uh, you know, just another Tuesday night in New York. Uh, you know, rainy, uh, you know, 50 degrees after 80 degrees yesterday. It's it's wonderful, <laughs> you know. Couldn't be any better. I know Logan can uh, can attest to that. Wishy washy. Yeah, yeah the the weather is pretty much the exact same in Philly here. It's it's rainy, it's cold, it's miserable. It makes me miss the Florida sunshine. Austin, take it, take up some of that sunshine for us. But then it will be then the summertime is when we we get a little bit of an advantage because in Florida it's disgusting down there in the summertime. That's fair. Yeah, experience. I've been uh, I've been nice to have the the eighty eights and nineties for the past couple of weeks, which is a little hot outside, but that's okay. Um, but Steve, I want you to kind of tell people about your channel and tell uh, people about what you do over there. Cause I know a lot of our fans are your fans of yours too, but we obviously want to get you more exposure. So we'll obviously put your link at the top of the description, but tell people a little bit about yourself and what kind of got you into uh, doing YouTube videos. Well, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. Um, so when I started out, this, I have a really weird story for how I started my channel up. Um, so it was actually about a year ago now. I'm actually coming up on my one year, which would be May 7th. I was doing all this self-improvement like stuff, uh, self-development type stuff. I was going through this routine called the Miracle Morning. And one of the things in the Miracle Morning routine was meditation. And as where does this going kind to of sound? I was meditating on my couch for about 10 minutes. And I was like, man, what would I love to do with my life? What is my passion? What would I really enjoy doing? What am I good at? Um, and I'm sitting there and I just started putting all these puzzle pieces together. And I came... A, I came up with straight fire picks right there on a 10 minute session, right on the couch. Uh, so really strange story, but that's, that is how it happened. Uh, and yeah, ever since I've done started out really with some really goofy stuff. If you look at my first few episodes, you'll laugh your head off. Cause it was, it's the goofiest material that you'll ever watch. I like, I have one, one episode of me just falling back out of my chair is like the opening skit. Just, I did like comedy skits at the beginning. I don't know why, but that's what I did. I had a good time with it. I had some goofy like jazz tunes in the background while I was doing my videos. It was just weird. But eventually I kind of grew into what I am now. And a lot of that was actually inspired by you guys. So about a month in, I uh, I stumbled actually across Logan's baseball videos for MLB. And I was like, man, I, I love the way you guys do things. I loved your guys' personalities and um, that kind of thing. And you guys were very transparent, obviously. Um, and things like that. So I'm like, so does a lot of the inspiration for the structure of how I do things now. So a uh, big shout out to you guys on that stuff. And then I also obviously discovered Austin as well, doing the NBA um, during the playoffs as well. And that's honestly where I started to get some traction during the finals. Uh, I had more people the next day viewing my videos. I'm like, what happened here? I went from like 100 views to like 2,000 overnight. I'm like, how did this happen? <laughs> and that's so. the nature of YouTube though. But I know you have a very supportive community and I think that's something, I mean, Logan and I watch your videos every day and they're always fun. I think that's why people love you. 
And I think, and I've had this, I didn't say this at the beginning of the show, but I have to say congrats on 5,000 subscribers. That's an awesome yeah. you. You Appreciate deserve it. all the work. I know, I know, and Logan knows all about the grind of getting up super early in the morning and doing it and doing these daily videos. So we appreciate you on behalf of the community. You've been on a great run since I think January. I don't really know the majority of the <laughs> NBA season, but yeah, I've really, I've enjoyed, I need to go, I should go back and look at your older videos. Like, likewise for us, if oh. you go look at our old videos, you'd be like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> it, was, it was major cringe. All right, since we're, since we're on a podcast and we can talk about it, did you know that I did my first ever baseball video with one of the worst hangovers of my life? It was so <laughs> bad. It, it was, it was. It, it it was terrible and I and I, I actually remember it because I I actually spent the night at Austin's parents house I I was I couldn't drive home the next day so I woke up that morning researched my baseball picks and Austin's like all right showtime baby he, he's getting the he's getting the lights set up and everything and I'm like dude I don't feel good and he's like no 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 we got show goes on show goes on and I'm like all right people people have to be introduced to Logan today Hungover yeah, no, I can vouch for that because I don't remember what we did that night, but yeah, we got home and Logan wasn't feeling well. And I was like, dude, just stay at the house. And I, I know he had been the one doing the baseball picks for the first like week or so of the season, but he obviously lives in Philly. I live in Florida and I didn't really want to just throw him onto the screen cold turkey and say, all right, here's this random guy. So I wanted our first video to be me doing like the intro and say, yo, Logan's been doing all the picks. Here's Logan. And so that was the only day we were able to do it together. And naturally, it was. Uh, I watched was, that episode, actually. I remember <laughs> watching that. That was good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was probably April 10th of last year, something around yep. those kind of lines, April 11th, something. Yeah. Yikes. But uh, <laughs> hey, it yeah. worked out. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's, uh, yeah, I definitely had uh, some of those days where, uh, yeah, just some, you know, leftover stuff from the night before. I used to do, those, you know, those live streams I used to do? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I would I would literally drink on stream. I, I'm fully aware. <laughs> can imagine the next day when I show up to do picks. It wasn't always, you know, like you know, I was, you know. <laughs> so no. Uh, and I have a question for you because I know Logan and I kind of talk about some things off camera. I'm curious. I want to hear your. Uh, how do I word this right? Your favorite thing about doing YouTube videos and your least favorite. And I can probably answer for on behalf of myself and Logan can answer himself, whether it's like something that's just annoying or something that you absolutely love. Uh, I'm curious what your answer is. I can give you mine if you want to think about it. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, start with you. That's fine. Well, I think the best thing is probably super easy. We have a super awesome community. And if you are new to the community, hit that subscribe button too um, and hit that like button as well. But we have a super awesome community and something we're super fortunate to have and no, I don't like going on soapboxes and stuff, but it, it's it's awesome. There's really no other way to put it. I mean, the people have made this my full-time career and maybe one day Logan's too. And just to be able to grow with the community and see people that have been in our Discord since we started, like Bronock and other people out there that we just recognize their names and we have a conversation with them. And it's crazy to see people that, you know, you, that you may met you when you had 100 subscribers and now they're still here when, you know, you're, you're climbing up and crossing milestones. So that's my, really my favorite part is interacting with everyone and commenting on, you know, other comments and stuff like that. Least favorite part is, is some of the comments I get, not, not the hate ones. I don't care about those. Those are, those are mishmash, but the ones that really are, are a little bit annoying is uh, when we get, I could use D'Angelo Russell as today, cause he's my, one of my picks. And it's like, 
is when I and probably the most annoying thing is when I get like I have a pick at like 18 and a half points. The line obviously goes down. And I even say in the videos, I'll take it at 17 and a half, but I get like 25 comments. Like, would you still take it? And I literally, you know, my slides, I put a ton of slides on the screen. That is probably <laughs> my most frustrating thing. And I understand some people out there. Uh, I don't know. English might well, be the first language. You know what that is. That, that's people that generally probably aren't watching, like, all the audio and stuff. And they're skipping through it. Just like, yeah, just give me the picks, guys. Just give me the picks. I don't need any of the research or none of that stuff. I just want to know the picks. I'm like, for real? Like, you don't want to hear the reasons why I like the pick or nothing like that? No? <laughs> you know? So those would be my answers. Uh, Logan, do you want to do yours? And then we'll go to Steve. Well, the best thing, yeah, I mean, the community aspect of it is for sure the best thing, because I always say, you know, that's what sets apart channels, you know, like Straight Fire Picks, like Calling Our Shot from other channels. I'm not naming names, but I'm just saying, like, it's the community aspect where we grow organically. We don't have any toxic, you know, pay for picks kind of thing like that. I that, That's what I really enjoy about it, because I think when you cross that that line of the whole pay for picks model, then you start to lose, you know, a lot of those friendships and relationships you build. I mean, Austin and I've even met one of the people that were when we were a baby channel. We we met that guy in person. It was a really cool, you know, dinner experience, and it was just like it was like a hey, we met, you know, people in person. I, it would be cool if I was walking the streets of Philadelphia and someone's like, hey, Logan, calling our shop. What's up? Like like that that would be cool eventually one day. But you know, we'll see. Maybe 100k uh, when we get there. But worst part is when Logan. Why don't you bet the year fee? Logan, what about the yes run first inning? What what about, what about the no run second inning? No, this is Nerfy Nation. This is Nerfy Nation. I have to tell you a million times, but but Logan, it can be profitable the other way. I know. I understand. But at some uh, point, yeah. At some point we're kind of doing it for fun. <laughs> you want to be who you are and your identity, right? So that's yeah. You don't yeah. need to be your phoenician. <laughs> yeah, wait, no. So wait, we asked King Sanders this question. I have a side question for you talking about this. Are you team Nerfy or team Yerfy? Am I team Nerfy or team Yerfy? I would lean towards being team Nerfy for sure, especially as I've gone on and uh, as I've bet, I prefer to bet the Nerfy for sure. I haven't, I have bet the Nerfy. I have not bet the Yerfy. Okay, good. You're a good man. Because you, good man. You, you should you should give your your subscribers that culture lesson. If you you know you dabble in some more baseball as as time goes on, you 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 let them know. Hey guys, we're we're allies with Nerfy Nation, calling our shot. This is this is who we are. This is our identity. Because I like to see people on the Nerfy too. Right, to right. Yeah, it's a lot easier. I I don't know. I just prefer to root for bad things to happen versus good things to happen in a baseball game. I, I don't know. That's just me. I I don't know. <laughs> But what would you say is your uh, favorite and least favorite thing about doing YouTube videos? So uh, to share your point about my favorite thing, yes, uh, the community aspect has definitely been my favorite part, and um, a lot of a lot of the good stuff was actually formed along the live streams because I actually got to talk to people live, and that's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. That's why I loved the live stream so much, and why I never stopped them is because I really enjoy getting on and talking with people. Um, and same thing in the chat as well. I love talking with people. I have a lot of people I talk with in the Discord as well. There's been people from the beginning that have followed me, uh, you know, since uh, since the summertime. You know, Gotta Get the Bag comes to mind. He's worked with me a lot on stuff, yeah. and he's just a really cool guy. So, um, and you know, the Magic Man. There's a lot of people in my community that I absolutely, you know, 
it, it really is a great experience that way. And just uh, doing research and stuff, I actually really do enjoy it. Uh, as weird as that sounds, I, I, I actually do enjoy the research side of things and finding the play. You know, when you stumble across something, you're like, that's the one. That's the one. I found it. Um, that always is a great feeling. But obviously on the other side, uh, stuff that I don't love is obviously, uh, you know, the, the getting up sometimes at 3 a.m. when you go to bed at 12. That's hard. And I'll be honest, some days some days I oversleep and I have to improvise. That's why you see some of those mobile videos. Sometimes I have to take it on the run. Uh, you know, it's just the way it is. You know, I, I'm still at the point where I'm working full time. Um, and I actually do landscaping during the summer. So, I, you know, I stay pretty busy. So uh, sometimes time becomes a big issue. But uh, like you said, with the people that comment and stuff, I don't get bent out of shape by people that comment negatively. I just... I'm like, it is what it is. They're going to they're gonna like it. They're going to love it. It is. I don't make a lot of that. The only things that really bother me are comments that are baseless, right? Comments that just don't make any sense. Like someone gets on and says, after one day of doing picks, I went one and three. They're like, man, you suck. You should never do this stuff again. You're the worst. I'm like, dude, I was just like, I posted right at the beginning, 11 and one run. What does that mean to you? I'm still 12 and four with one and three. <laughs> no <laughs> Amen. preach yeah so, that's, it's, it's funny when that happens and you you could have like a five in one day and someone be like thanks for the john morant play idiot exactly that's the you hit it right on the head that's exactly how it is and it's it's crazy i had one guy tell me dude just stop doing player props uh, player props aren't your thing. And I got off to a terrible start this season in player props. I was behind by like 25 games in player props. So I had to climb myself out of a hole, and now I'm 10 games over 500 in player props. So he has no context previously of what I was. So he's like, player props aren't your thing, bro. Don't do it. I'm like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What can you do about that? But uh yeah. Not, not too much, but we appreciate you for being transparent. There's a lot of people that, you know, are, might not be the most transparent with their picks. They're just going to launch out picks, and then eh, if they lose, who cares? But we appreciate you for doing that for the people. Um, switching on a different note, as you can see, I'm wearing my uh, my New York Jets polo. Oh, and, uh, we have the NFL yes. draft on tomorrow. And if I'm not mistaken, I know you have Bill's stuff in the background. I know you have Lions stuff, too. I believe you are a Lions fan, even though – I know you've said on your stream, right? You don't really have any ties to Detroit, though, if I'm not mistaken. Or what I am both. Yeah, you're a fan of both. Um, <laughs> one team better than the other. Uh, I would probably have to lean with the Detroit Lions. They've always had my heart. Like, if the Lions play the Bills, I say I don't care about the result. But in my heart, I think I want to see the Lions win. Uh, it just is what it is. It's been that way since I was a kid. And this is, this is the story how I became a Lions fan. I was... You know, back in, I think it was like 2001, 2002. It's back when they first drafted, I believe, Joey Harrington. Uh, he was a rookie out of Oregon. And I'm sitting there watching the Lions play the Colts in a preseason game. I'm like, I was just uh, like 10, 10, 11 years old. I'm like, man, I, I really like that team in blue. Uh, that's my team. And so ever since then, I know it's a dumb reason. <laughs> I think it works. I think it works perfectly fine. I kind of wanted to ask you. Who, who? Obviously, you know your Lions haven't been all too great recently. I, I speak from experience as a Jets fan, and you guys have the number two overall pick. I think it's assumed you guys are taking a defensive player, but is there anyone you would like there? Well, the dream, 
especially uh, when them being from Michigan would be Aiden Hutchinson for sure. That would be the dream, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, from you look at all the projections, you're seeing Aiden Hutchinson going to the Jags at number one. But that would be the dream as Lions fan. I want him. I want him in Detroit for sure. I love what I saw from him last year. I would settle for Kayvon Thibodeau uh, from Oregon or Trayvon Walker from Georgia. I love those players as well. Uh, but Aiden Hutchinson, that would be that would be my selection. Yeah, I mean, I think it would put more people into this in the stands. I'm sure just being so close to home. And I've for seen sure. some mock drafts and now Trayvon Walker being number one. So I, I don't think people. I think this whole draft is going to be an absolute mess. I don't know where anyone's going, and I don't know if we talked too much about it last week, but Logan's a Panthers fan, and we don't know if they're taking a QB or what the heck's going mm-hmm. on with their quarterback situation. There are so many different question marks. Like I don't even know who's available. The Jets have the fourth and the tenth pick, and I, I don't, I don't know. Thibodeau could be there. Tray, uh, Trayvon Walker would be there. I, I, I have know. a feeling like we all have something in common here. We're all drawn to misery. I feel like <laughs> Panthers, Jets, Lions. What's going on? Here? Whoa, 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 whoa. One of these teams has sniffed success in the past five-ish years. The others have not. The Carolina Panthers had a one-loss regular season. Yes, they lost the Super Bowl. I know. I still have nightmares about Cam not diving on the fumble. But still, a Lions fan, like, don't you wish you had a time machine where you could go back and, and change your brain's way of thinking and saying, Maybe I don't want to pick the team with the good colors because they're just drawn to misery for, for in perpetuity. And I'm drawn the Jets- to the Honolulu blue. What can I do? <laughs> and then the then the Jets fan, it's like you didn't even pick the best of the two New York teams. Like you could have picked the Giants and well, then- right here, right here, right here. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, I can't imagine being a Bills fan for like more than like. 40 years when they kept losing in the Super Bowl. Year. Yeah, really? I probably would have ended it all by then. Like I would, I would have had to have reverted fandom if I had lost that many Super Bowls in a row. But For I, sure. I like the pain. Jets pain. Jets would be good. See, the, the thing I, I'm sticking behind the Jets is because one day we will be good. It might take until I'm 80 years old, but when that day we're good and maybe win a Super Bowl, you know better retribution, no better – no better feeling. Kind of like all those Chicago Cubs fans that finally got their World Series ring after 100 and – I don't know. It was like, what is that, 80-something years? I don't really know. But that's It's like the common expression in sports. You're due. You're yes, due, baby. Yes. <laughs> not how due. it works, though. No, <laughs> not how it works at all. That's it's debatable. The, but the market, the market does attract people. But I, I really do agree with you, though. Aiden Hutchinson would, you know, definitely get get some buzz in the Detroit market that kind of lacks buzz. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not going to sit here and lie to us. You don't get excited about watching Jared Goff play on Sundays. You, you don't. And, no. and having a talent like Aiden Hutchinson, well, maybe I don't necessarily see I, – I, Austin and I kind of already debated this in podcasts before, but, like, I kind of think he's a little bit overrated. Now, that's just my personal opinion. I would take Kayvon Thibodeau over him, but that's that's just me. But I, I think that that sort of buzz and excitement is exactly what Detroit needs. You know. Oh, be, well, you know what's nice? Motor City Dan Campbell brought a little bit of that. To quote the great Pat McAfee, Motor City Dan Campbell did bring a little bit of excitement to Detroit last year, which yeah. I love him as a coach because I love his energy. I love how he is with the players. The Lions have been missing that, honestly. Matt Patricia was a complete mess um, in Detroit. The players hated him. And now at least they got someone in Detroit who the players actually respect and they actually like. So I, I do like that. 
Yeah, I can agree with that. I really do like Dan Campbell. I think he's really good and just a player's coach. And I think that's kind of what the Lions needed to attract mm-hmm. free agents and all of that and have t- players want to play for him because there's not sometimes, you know, players are just like, eh, whatever, just collect my paycheck. But I do kind of like that. But speaking of NFL, let's transition to your favorite NBA teams because I don't honestly know who you like in the NBA. So who do you <laughs> like and how are they doing? Uh, well, they just got swept last night. Hey, um, yeah. New York's finest. Uh, oh, I for that one because I knew you were a Nets fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was pretty painful. But my deep root for the Nets really goes back to when they had Jason Kidd, Richard Jefferson, Kenyon Martin. That was my Nets team. This team, um, not as much my team. I still support them. I still like them. But I, I'm not a huge fan of some of the players that they have on their team. To be honest with you, you know, I don't think you're in the minority there. I think there's a lot of people that were kind of tired of a lot of the drama that was surrounding the the Nets all season long, whether it be Kyrie's vaccine and the Ben Simmons drama and then culminated with whatever you call that playoff performance. I don't really know too much about it, but I mean, now that I mean, it's crazy to think the Nets are out. Uh, Obviously, they were the leader for. I mean, you think about like preseason title favorites, the Nets were up there and so were the Lakers. Both are gone. We have the Suns who play tonight, Tuesday night. So I don't know if they'll go up three two. I don't know if they win. They could go down two three, and then they, uh, and they could be out for all we know. And then there's really it's kind of like an open, open hatch. But I'm curious about your take on the Celtics because obviously you just watched them beat up on the the Nets. Do you think they have what it takes to to win it all? I mean, they've looked pretty much the ha- that like that the past I don't know 45 games or so. Uh, of all the teams left in the field, um, you know, as far as at full strength, uh, the Celtics look completely unbeatable, um, to be honest with you. They, they look like a, a steam locomotive that's not going to be stopped. I don't – maybe the Warriors could stop them. You know, I, I think Warriors-Celtics in the finals looks realistic to me. Uh, maybe Golden State can get it done. You know, Stephen Curry's been there before. Clay Thompson's been there before. Draymond Green, they got finals experience. Um, but outside of that, I, I don't know anybody that can stop the Celtics team if they play like that. That was just offensively, the efficiency, Jason Tatum right now playing on a whole different level. I mean, the dude's unstoppable. Um, and defensively, they've been clamping people all season. I mean, I've been taking unders on the opposite teams all season because of that, because their defense is so strong. Um, and they could, I mean, you saw what they did to Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, uh, both of those guys throughout much of that series were, I mean, I think looked, I looked at Kyrie Irving's game logs ever since game one, you know, what was it, 13, 16, 20 points, and his shooting efficiency was really bad. So, and same thing with Kevin Durant until game four. You know, I noticed you'd taken one of his overs, which I thought was a great play because I'm like, this guy has to show up. And then he obviously. How's the last goal attempts taste? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it's like, how does that even happen? I don't know how that happens to a guy like Kevin Durant. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, that was just a wrong play on my end. I should have ran back the trend in game four when, of course, he shoots like 30-something times or something ridiculous. Um, my kind of thoughts on the Celtics team is I, you know, as a New York Knicks fan and a New York sports fan in general, I normally root against all the Boston teams. But I don't find myself hating this Boston Celtics team as much as I might have, you know, as much as I hate the Patriots or something like that. Like, I do like this team. I really like Jalen Brown. really mm-hmm. like Jason Tatum. I think they're a very good bunch. I am a little hesitant to make them 
my you know favorite to win it all. I I think it comes down to maybe how healthy Chris Middleton is and and the Bucks because these two teams likely assuming the Bucks obviously beat the beat the Bulls and they should because they're up three one. But oh, yeah. they're gonna match up next round, which is kind of is like great because you want to see these two teams match up. But then also you're kind of like these two teams feel like the best teams out in the East. And ah, it's it's tough because I really do like Giannis. I I'm having my Greek Freak shirt. It's probably sitting over there. Like I, I want to put it on right now, but I, it's Greek Freak is just another beast. But oh. I do think I think the Celtics are probably one of, if not the most complete team in the field on both sides of the ball. I just you know it's four games. You never really know how, what can go sideways. And I I don't know. I'm a little skeptical, Logan. What are your thoughts on both these two teams? Well, I'm just I'm just trying to think matchup wise, right? Like. Giannis defending Giannis, he's a different breed. Like who would who would they put? I'm just I'm just thinking out loud here. Who do, who would the Celtics try to do to defend Giannis? I would say Al Horford if I were to guess. Okay, well that's that's abusive. Like you better be hammering you better be hammering Giannis overs like the, like it's going on a style because I mean he he should he should be able to to dominate that matchup. You think? Yeah, I mean honestly, I think Al Horford is very underrated on the defensive side. I think he. Doesn't get as lot. I mean, he's the guy that they would put on to Joel Embiid, and for the most part, stop Joel Embiid and kind of hinder his uh, performance. So, I don't really know. I mean, I, the Bucks go as Chris Middleton goes. So, obviously, without Chris Middleton, I don't see them. You know, relying on Grayson Allen to hit to score twenty seven points. That's that. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you that it's not happening uh, all too often. And then Drew Holiday, I swear that guy does great on defense, but in some games he's a no show on offense. And then. They're starting a weirdo lineup, though, at the moment with Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, and Giannis. They're going like Cleveland Cavaliers 2.0 with uh, three basically seven-footers, which I guess I guess it blew out the Bulls twice. So I guess it's working for something. <laughs> but, but, yeah, that is the weird lineup. You know, I'm, I'm just thinking about it, though. It's like, yeah, I mean, Al Horford's great in theory. He probably defends the post. But, like, come on, man. A, a, a freight train barreling down the, in, in transition, that's Giannis. Really? You're telling me Al Horford's going to get in, the, in between them? No. Nah. I guess like, I understand that. And then uh, I guess I have another question for you, Steve. Will the Sixers blow a 3-0 lead? Oof. I hope so. I would love, I would love to see that happen. And, and you know what was very telling last night? Um, and the, the announcers actually touched on it. If, I was actually watching the end of the Sixers and the Raptors game. Like, this is the difference between Toronto fans and Philly fans. Philly fans are running for the exits with four minutes left, and they're all, they're down by 12. The game, I, I understand the game looked like it was pretty much over. I get it. But it wasn't completely done yet, and all the fans are starting to run for the exits. And, and in Toronto, they're just showing all the Toronto fans out in the, you know, outside, just hanging out, going crazy. I'm like, man... That's just that's good stuff, you know. I, I hope Toronto wins because I don't like that. You know, fans giving up on their team that quick. Come on, no, no, no. That's hey. that's not good. that's not good. I don't like it. <laughs> hey, you you knew when you came on here talking about Philly that I would have something to say because you know I'm I'm not born and raised here, but this is my adopted city for the past few years, and I'm gonna tell you they were heading for the. I mean, they were heading for the exits because they are a little bit flaky. They are. A Philly fan, they like you when you're good. They don't like you when you're bad. I mean, truthfully, that's that's how it is. Now, where some trying to beat traffic, maybe, uh, maybe there, maybe it was a big brain play on their end. But in in, in all reality, I I I don't want to watch them collapse like this. Uh, how will like you you should see the the amount of joy that went through the city, and they still talk about it. I mean, they still talk about Ben Simmons and, and his his clown self, like the anti Ben Simmons stuff around here and the pro. Joel Embiid, like I see, 
I see billboards. I see people with Joel and beat stuff all throughout the city. And like for them to be let down like that, you know, if they were to blow a lead like this, I just, does that something that sets back your franchise? I don't know how you recover from that. Well, I think Doc, what, what were you going to say? Oh, so I was going to say, well, even, you know, to, you know, to give you the actual take of what, who's going to win the series, James Harden, I, I've never believed that guy to be big time in the playoffs, obviously. I mean, he hasn't been in his career, and he hasn't shown himself up in this series either. I've played his unders just as a sports better because the dude's not big time in the playoffs, and then Joel Embiid's working through a hand injury as well. So, And he was held, I believe, under 20 points last night, something close to that, 19 yeah. I think it's 20 on the dot, but yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like uh, it. I could go either way. I can see the, for the NBA brand, a team coming back from 3-0 deficit is like a 16 seed beating a one seed in the NCAA tournament. doesn't happen. Never happened ever. It's only happened once in the NCAA tournament. But on the other side, I would feel absolutely awful for Joel Embiid because I really love the process. I really think he's one of the cooler players to watch. And he's also so fun in his press conferences and just on the court. And for him to, you know, go through all the turmoil of this season, having Ben Simmons sitting out, then finally they make a move, go get James Harden. Then James Harden's like a no-show these days. And it's but then on the other side, Doc Rivers would absolutely get flamed alive on Twitter. He will he will never live it down. He, they already call him a choke artist as is for all the blown three one leads he's had. Maybe I think he's had two blown three one leads, maybe three. Yeah. If he becomes the first coach to blow a three oh lead, he might as well retire. They, he literally he yeah. won't be able to recover from it because even if they go into a playoff series again and they lose one game, it's it will just be choke artist after choke artist things. But I feel bad for Joel Embiid mostly. I, I kind of selfishly rooting for the Sixers just because I don't want you know them to go through all that stuff. But Logan, Logan sometimes likes watching the pain on the the Philly fans' faces. I know he's a <laughs> cynical man. <laughs> a little, little bit. It's mostly the Eagles though. People don't understand this. Like I, 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 I get so much hate because they're like, oh yeah, how about them Eagles though? And I'm like, I don't like the Eagles. And they're like, excuse me? Like they're, they're ready to fight. They're ready to fight in the street because I don't like their Eagles. I'm like, hey, sorry, it's just how it is. Uh, I, I, I have adopted the the Phillies though, and I don't casually root for the Sixers, but. Phillies are my team, adopted team, but no, people, people here, this is, this is definitely a sports city. And that's the cool thing though, about, you know, living in, in a sports city that, you know, they, they, they live and die with their teams and it will straight up put the, there will be a ginormous cloud over the city for, for the next like year. If they blow a three, three away, I'm just telling you right now. A hundred percent. They'll get absolutely abused. But last week we asked King Sanders this question. I'm curious if your answer is this, uh, what your answer is. Cause, uh, it could be a player we just talked about. We asked him who he thought the most overrated NBA player was. I'm curious if you have a, an opinion for that. I had two I was going to talk about. We did mention one of them. Um, yeah. Lamb the process underrated What's that? We'll talk about some <laughs> underrated players as well. It gives them a little, a little, uh, little positive touch. But go on. Uh, well, uh, so my number one was Kyrie Irving. Uh, for me, the, the guy... I mean, I saw what I needed to see there in the in the playoff series here with the Celtics. Game one, he was great, but I reckon that was more due to uh, his own ambitions of wanting to get back after the Celtics fans. And then the rest of the series, it just seemed like a lot of that series he kind of checked out. And uh, that was kind of the consensus when they look around. It's like Kyrie just wasn't uh, wasn't feeling it. And, he, and, you know, in a lot of places he's gone, you know, when he was in Boston, it was the reason why they don't like him. 
to be honest with you, I, I hate to I hate to say it. I love Kyrie's talent. Um, I think you know he, he's probably a great person. I don't know him personally, but uh, as a basketball player, just the emotions of checking in and out of games the way he does, I think is is no good. Um, as far as if you're trying to win for a championship, and that's just the way basketball is. You can't you can't be like, oh, I don't like this coach. He doesn't work for me. Um, you know, I'm not going to play as hard with this coach. You know, however that may be, and it seems to be that seems to line up more with his persona, unfortunately. So, like I said, love his talent. I think he's uber talented on the offensive side of the ball, but he doesn't really play great defense. So I would say, you know, players that don't play great defensive, you know, great on the defensive side to me, those are the ones to me that are overrated. Um, And then the other guy we talked about, uh, Joel Embiid's only overrated in the sense of MVP level. He's not overrated in the sense, in my opinion, as being a great player. He's obviously a great player, and I get that. Uh, but as far as if, if I'm taking Giannis Antetokounmpo or Joel Embiid, I'm taking Giannis every day of the week. Um, I think uh, Joel, a lot of the season where I watched him play, he embellishes so many foul calls, and it drives me insane because I'll sit there and watch a Sixers game, and I'll just see a guy barely even touch him. He'll flail and fall to the ground like he just got hit by a Mack truck. And I'm like, and the guy gets the guy gets these foul calls from the refs. And I'm like, are, are you are you watching this guy? Like this guy is literally just flailing every time he gets touched. I'm like, it drives me crazy. I'm like that. That's where a lot of his production comes from. I'm like, I think if he goes up against a guy like Giannis, Giannis gets the best of him. I really do. Um, as far as on an MVP level, Logan, I'll let you go first, then I'll I'll rip Steve a new one. <laughs> I no, I, I I don't disagree with you at all when it comes to Embiid because I was always saying I, I I don't really see the appeal in him being the front runner, and I mean we kind of saw how it played out in the end of the season, but I do kind of want to focus on Kyrie because I'm in full agreement with you. I I what what really turns me off about the Nets team and actually maybe even modern day basketball. I'm gonna be talking like a 70 year old man right here but like the the it, i just hate the egos the attitudes it, it's just so hard to to watch this product where it's it's millionaires millionaire athletes just being divas on and off the court it's it's just it's really not a good product for me to watch and kyrie irving and kevin durant are probably the poster ch- ch- children for that because it was all about the off the court stuff rather than the on the court and like you said Kyrie, a lot of the times when I was watching, just looks a little disinterested, a little a little not engaged. Kevin Durant just kind of moping around. Like I hate the body language that Kevin that Kyrie Irving KD show. And they need to be leaders. Like this is a team that, you know, you need to rally the Bruce Browns around, right? Not let Bruce Brown and those role players get lost in the shuffle. Kyrie Irving needs to be as the point guard, the leader, the the just like you can tell the look on his face. And it, like you said, he was engaged in that Boston game because the crowd was all over him. But then it was just they fizzled out. So I'm in full agreement with you, to be honest. Yeah, for Kyrie, I feel like I, I can't disagree too much, especially after this most recent playoff uh, ex- like um, performance. I we all know he's incredibly talented. I mean. He's one of the most talented ball handlers, finishers, shooters, you know, that's ever, you know, touched a basketball. But it does come down to, you know, being a distraction. And he's, I don't think he's ever been that true leader ever in his career. Obviously, you know, he had his first couple of years with Cleveland where they stunk, didn't really have to do much. And then obviously LeBron came. LeBron was the poster child. He's going to lead that team. And then went to, you know, Boston wasn't a leader there. And then now obviously in Brooklyn with Kevin Durant, kind of the poster, and then him in the background. So I don't disagree with that. 
Um, for Joel Embiid, though, I think there's – I think your criticism of him it might be a little bit in terms of what the MVP trophy has become in the NBA. I think if the MVP, MVP trophy was just going to be given to the best player, I would argue, you know, LeBron should have won it a ton of years in a row, and I think Le- Giannis would win it pretty frequently probably going forward. But Joel Embiid, I understand the free throw calls. Um, that can be kind of frustrating, especially as a viewer to the NBA. It can kind of be annoying to watch. Um, and some of them I can agree. He does he does flail a lot. And those can be the ones where he's like throwing it backwards, <laughs> trying to shoot it. Like, I'm like, I don't know about that. But in the end, you know, and Chris Paul talked about this on JJ Reddick's podcast because he always does the rip through move where he like rips the you put your hand on him, he's gonna rip through and take two yeah. free throws. And he his point, and I can kind of understand where he's coming from. He was like, if you watch the film and you're still doing that, how is that on my fault, you know, to to do that move to get two free throws or whatever like that? So from the basketball space sake of view like chris paul doesn't probably like to do the rip through move and just get cheesy free throws he's never going to do it in like a pickup game on like a basket like in a in ymca but <laughs> if you're trying to win in the nba and it's going to get you two free points most likely i can understand where he's doing it now the ones with joel and that i do kind of agree with you are the ones where you know he might not be getting you know the ones i was telling you where he's just, he might get touched and he just launches the ball and you're like dude you gotta you gotta stop that but I understand where you're coming from on that. Giannis did average, I think, the same amount of free throws attempts as him. Just Giannis's are a little bit different than uh, than Joel Embiid's. That, well, even you know the last matchup that I saw, you know, Bucks Sixers in Philly, uh, where now, granted, the Sixers won the match in Milwaukee, the one before that, but I saw Giannis take over down the stretch versus Joel Embiid straight up um, in that game in Philly, and it's just like when I was watching it, I'm like, he. From the eye test, like if you're doing the eye test, he really passes that eye test for being the MVP to me. Like he just took over and willed his team to win. Um, and it was a close game, and they came back from like, I think they were down by like 10 or 15 points, and they brought him all the way back and they won. I was like, that's that's my MVP right there. Um, and he mm-hmm. played hard on both ends. And he's, I just, I appreciate the way he plays ball, I think, a little bit more. <laughs> No, no, I can respect that. Trust me, I love Giannis. He's probably, if I were to give my like most favorite players to watch, he's on that list. Zion Williamson's on that list. Um, not maybe not because Zion doesn't do too much defensively. We haven't seen him in like a year and a half, so it, I can't really say anything uh, about him too much. But he's definitely up there because yeah, he's going to give it at all his all on the court, and I think that's why so much, so many people have grown to love him just from him growing up in Greece and then coming over to the NBA and being so just lanky, and then he just developed into. The best player in the NBA obviously went in the finals and finals MVP last year. I don't think anyone can uh, disagree with Giannis's greatness. The guy's, the guy's a freak. I mean, it, that's literally his name. So, yeah, he's so so athletically gifted. It's just not even fair to anybody else on the floor. It really isn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it isn't. And I'm curious how he what his lines. Are. I know his lines for player prop wise are absolutely juiced to the moon now that Chris Middleton's out. So. 33 and a half last game. I actually took his under because I'm like, all right, that's a little ridiculous. 33 and a half is a little too high. Um, and that's my only point. I, I even told everybody, I'm like, no disrespect. No disrespect. It's just too high. <laughs> no, I agree with that. And I looked at his unders too. And that was my same rationale for Tuesday night because we're recording this on Tuesday for taking Jimmy Butler's under. Lo and behold, Jimmy Butler's out tonight. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah. I had four minutes of video that just were <laughs> snapped, gone, and didn't matter. But yeah, I don't blame you for taking the under uh, for Giannis. Although I, it's hard to disrespect the goat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I felt bad. I actually felt bad about it, but you know. It yeah, and then you get some people in the comments that are, you know, 
saying what they want to say. I'll never take a Giannis under, not till the day I die. <laughs> like this is why they're profitable. It's because literally 99% of money will be on his overs, regardless of to make it 37 and a half. Which right. I think the only player I've I've seen Joel Embiid get some high lines. 33 and a half might be the highest I've seen this year, though. But I remember last the playoffs. Year, you know, we're That's talking about playoff basketball too. You're not talking about regular season where people aren't playing defense. You know, playoff you get you get more physical play. You know, and it's like 33 and a half is a lot for the playoffs. Oh yeah. yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous number. And I think he ended with what 32, so just barely going under. I might yeah. spoiler. I might be taking his under today. I don't I haven't looked at his lines oh. for Wednesday yeah. morning. So the video will already be live, so people will know what I'm on. But um, um, I didn't really have any more questions, Logan. What do you? What else do you want to talk about? Um, it's, it's a little bit of a Mimi basketball player, but you were mentioning, you're mentioning your, your list of favorite players and, you know, you know, you love Giannis. I love Giannis too. He'd be on my list, but there's a, there's a player in the playoffs. that has got a lot of attention. His name's Jose Alvarado <laughs> goes by, goes by the name Grand Theft Alvarado because he's just so inspiring and so fun to watch What everyone's thoughts on, on, on Alvarado and Kyrie. Maybe you should play with the energy and the heart that that Mr. Jose is playing with, because the whole the whole stadium was chanting Jose, Jose, Jose. <laughs> so that's what you need to try to to aspire to be a, a Kyrie. You know, he might start taking minutes away from a column. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of them does play defense, one does not. So I'll right. let you decide who who's playing the defense. I love the Jose Alvarado story because he was what like a two way player. Then kind of got onto the scene with you know his Mimi tactics of stealing the ball, and then slowly became into a really good defensive player. I think he's out of Georgia Tech too. I have a soft spot for Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech alums, and he got signed to like a four four year deal or something like that. And so he's paying the bills for his family. So super awesome to see that. Not necessarily you know you walked into like a a YMCA or to a pickup court. Probably not the first person drafted, depending on where you are. So really cool to see him uh kind of flourishing in the NBA with his role. I mean. I saw his line is five and a half points tonight. I mean, that's a block for the over. <laughs> hey, they said they, they, that's a trap line. Come on, guys, let's be honest. The books, the books throw a, a low number out there, hoping you just bet the over, and then he ends with two. So come on. <laughs> um, Steve, he ain't exactly there for his offense right now, although you know, I mean, he's more there for like you said, the defensive side and what he can do, you know, on that side. Uh, but it was great watching the end of that game and watching what he did uh, to Chris Paul, even just on one of the last possessions, just completely complete. I think they got an eight second violation. He's all over him. I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> He's jumping up. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I love him. And the nickname Grand Theft Alvarado it doesn't really get much better than that. I mean, I you can't get a better nickname than that. That's terrific. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but speaking of underrated players, do you have anyone that you think's uh, underrated, Steve? Underrated player, kind of easier oh, to ask that question know, towards the beginning of the season than it is the end. But uh, I'll do what we want over here. My, my selection is is more is probably based on what he did for me personally, uh, and also just watching him play. So there wasn't there was one Nuts player that did not let me down. Um, at least in some of the games I watched, it was Seth Curry. The other Curry, um, I honestly think he is underrated and he flies off the radar a little bit. And honestly, he's better than people give him credit for. The issue with him is, is like he's always the 
the fourth, the fifth option, so he never really gets the respect on the team. It's not like he's operating with the ball in his hands a lot. But I think if I, I don't know. That's just my take on him. I think I think he's great, especially for I think he's in his thirties now. But I think he's great, and I think he plays basketball the right way. And I love watching him play. And he was very good to me this year, so I have to give him respect. I appreciate you uh, giving Seth Curry a little bit of respect. Um, you know, when I think about underrated, I before the season and maybe during the season, guys that made me a lot of money were obviously Darius Garland and Dejounte Murray, but making so many other people money, they became no longer underrated. And so right. I was early on the hype train, but now they don't really fit that bill at the moment. So I have to think of anyone come to your mind, Logan. I'm trying to think of my answer. Mm, Bones Highland. <laughs> oh yes. I love me some bones. <laughs> I think he was still coming off the bench, right? That's yeah, about as underrated as you could be. I mean, I, I mean, for how good he's looked, I'm with you on that. Bones Highland brings a lot of energy off the bench. I'm surprised. I'm not sure if they had him start. I don't think he's st- he's not starting right now, but he he should be a starter. Yeah, he's uh, coming off the bench because they really don't have anyone else to score. This is how you compute the Nuggets' final score. You take Jokic's points, you add 50, and that's how many points they end with the night. And I don't know who they're getting the 50 points from. Maybe it's Will Barton getting scoring 20. Not Jeff, not Jeff Green. Not Jeff Green. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've been the Thunders before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I respect that. Jeff Green, oh, man. Yeah, I need to look at his lines because that, that brother, yeah, he does not score ever any points. Three yeah, shot attempts a game just isn't going to get it done. That's not going to get you in over. <laughs> That's fair. Like when we took the Guardians money line last night and they didn't score a single run. Yeah, um, you can't win when you don't score. You kind of need to score a run. You know that. That's just you know more points equals a win. I don't know who needed to hear that, but yeah. <laughs> Team that scores more does win, hundred percent of the time. <laughs> it's it's true. That's really how it works. Um. I'm trying to think of my my most underrated player though. I really like Macau Bridges. I think he's very underrated. Um, I think he's become more, you know, with the Suns becoming better of a team. I think he gets a little bit more exposure than he, you know, would have gotten two years ago. But I think Macau Bridges is very solid. Um, one of my favorite guys to watch. Although you know he can be a little bit inconsistent. I'll give him a little bit of credit there. He's um, actually quite inconsistent, but I really like him. And then I uh, yeah, I don't need to be a Knicks homer, but Obi Toppin's the future. Yeah, great energy for him whenever I saw him in there. I feel like the Knicks had a better chance whenever Obi Toppin was on the floor, even at the end of the season when they were dealing with you know different players in the lineup. I'd see Obi Toppin in. I'd be more scared of the Knicks uh, when he was in, but the Lions were you know more adjusted for the you know other team. You know, with yeah, yeah, no, I. <laughs> yeah, it is. Randall, Randall, baby. <laughs> uh, Randall's out of town by the by this off season. Yeah, Mike, I think he's so. getting out of here. He's going to the Kings. <laughs> That's, he's a Kings guy for his career. Sorry, Many buddy. Knicks fans that I know do not like Julius Randle at all. At all. Not one I bit. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't like him either. I, I uh, yeah. No comment. Also, another guy I really like, Tyrese Halliburton. I think he's very underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I also sure. wish he was the Nick. We drafted, we did draft Obi Toppin over Tally. So, but I'll, I'll settle with Halliburton. I won't, I won't, or Obi Toppin. I can't complain. He, he did play well at the end of the season, but, uh, I don't have any other topics on my list. Anything else you would like to talk about, fellas? I'm good. I just want to say thank you guys. Um, you guys are you guys are awesome. 
Uh, it's it's been an honor as always, and like I said, you guys served as a lot of the <clears throat> a lot of the inspiration for what I do. So I definitely have a lot of a lot of appreciation for you guys and and stuff. So I appreciate you guys having me on. It's you're too kind. Thank you. No, no, we appreciate you for coming out. We really uh we kind of set this up last week, but we're happy that you could make some time for us on your busy schedule, as you talked about. Um, keep doing your thing. Uh, you just passed 5,000 subscribers. We'll put your link at the top of the d- uh, description. So all the COS army, go go show them some love. Hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on podcast form, go to YouTube. Go hit the, that subscribe button for him, too. We certainly would appreciate it. Let's get him to 10K subs. I don't know, end of May. Who says no? Uh, but we appreciate you, Steve, <laughs> yeah. from Straight Fire Picks. The link's at the top of the description. Thank you for coming on the weekly podcast. Posted every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. We'll be back again. Actually, next week we will not have a podcast, but in two weeks we might have another. We'll have another special guest. Let me know who you guys want in the comments down below. This has been Austin. This has been Logan. This has been Steve from Straight Fire Picks, and we'll catch you guys again next week.